going to that. Bruce, how are you, sir? Hey, there he is. It's the big guy. Hey, Bruce. Welcome Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for taking the time. This is Matthew. I'm here with uh, my host, Michael Biscardi and Jonathan Hassinger. Um, Thanks for being on the show. How are you doing? It's my pleasure. I'm doing great. Thanks. We were just mentioning before you came on, I know, um, you know, you tweeted out the show and and, uh, Harper's and, and, uh, you know, other a lot of young eyes and ears on the show. So we're going to keep this one, you know, pretty clean as opposed to the (laughs) usual debauchery that we do. So I don't know how to act. I don't know what I'm basically just drooling on myself. I just want to Um, know, is Clark the Shark like... Does, do your books like share universes? Like, does Clark the Shark cross over with uh, who else? Chet the Gecko? <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, if he did, he would probably eat Chet Gecko. He probably would. <laughs> yeah. um, Clark oh, yeah, the Shark right. meets the Berenstein Bears. There yes. By the way, I knew that Leo uh, Berenstein, the, the child that Brother Bear was based off of, he was a local in the town I grew up in in Pennsylvania and he would he was a drinking buddy at the bar like we'd see him oh, and um, and it was like he's like hey hey Bernstein you need another shot and he'd just be like you guys are incorrigible and he kind of sounded like a bear which was ironic but I think it was just from all the booze in his but it was funny um, I love but it. Bruce thanks for being on the show I would just want to sure. I know our time's limited with you so I just wanted to jump into it you've written nine Clark the Shark books am I right that's right and there's more on the way. And what was the very first one you've you've written, and why did you do it? it was Besides the Clark, money. Well, of course, there's that. It was called Clark uh-huh. the Shark. Um, part of the reason I did it, this was actually a character that the publisher came up with, which is not usual for me. Yeah. Usually I come up with the character, I write the story, and then desperately try to find somebody to, who will buy it. But in this case, yeah. the publisher came up with the idea, and they said, we have a great character. We would love for you to write the story. Wow. Here it is. It's Clark the Shark. <laughs> and for me, it was a no-brainer because I think sharks are extremely cool. And my dad was named Clark. Oh, oh really? Yeah. So a little oh, bit nice. of serendipity there. Clark so did Hale. they, like, tell you just the name or did they tell you, like, his personality and, like, you know, or did you have to invent all that? No, that was uh, – that would – came from them they had the the character name the personality and then we worked together to create the storyline see that's such a cool inception of it i just love that you did that see i tried to write a children's book after my dad his name was herbert so i did herbert the pervert and nobody no publisher picked it up (laughs) so i thought kids were listening to this yeah no i'm kidding i can't back that up (laughs) um but that's pretty amazing so that's kind of how that unfolded that is crazy you are a, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you were a panelist at the 48th Annual LA Summer Conference for Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators. I'm not reading that. I'm right. just going off by memory. Yes, I'm no. a panelist, and I'm also doing a couple of breakout sessions. So if, if somebody goes to this event uh, and they're not very familiar with it, basically they're going to do a panel, ask some questions, and then you're doing breakout sessions where what is it like kind of Q&A or are you like doing a workshop or what exactly happens well, it's there? closer to a workshop actually this is a really cool event for anybody who wants to write or illustrate children's books or who just loves children's literature because it's like a three-day event there are writers and illustrators uh, agents editors people from all over the country come and actually all over the world 
So I'll just be one among many speakers. Pretty cool. Yeah, I checked out yeah. the website and the other guys. Now that's pretty cool. That's what August 9th, 9 through the twelfth, I, I believe. Yeah, exactly. That's pretty cool. Um, also on your website, I see that you do a lot of like author visits. You go to do you go to schools like around the country, or do they like fly the you out? No, really? I, I actually just visited some in uh, Africa this last spring, and <laughs> strangely enough, I wow. ended up at, in Sudan just before they had their coup. And Yikes. The author visit had to be canceled partway through after like a day, and they rushed me out of there as quickly as possible, and 12 hours later, the airport was closed down and the borders were shut. So, oh my gosh. It's like geez. the movie Congo. Yeah, exactly. Wow. So it was it was pretty exciting, but usually uh, my visits are a lot more mellow than that. You know, I I fly somewhere, I talk to the kids all day, get them excited about reading and about creating their own stories and just being creative and having fun with it. That's pretty amazing. And when you're when you're talking about kids, like I mean, with so much you know being thrown at them today and so many options with technology, it's really you know important you know to have, be an avid reader as a young kid or you know as a kid. And I feel like your books really bridge that gap because they're, you know, they're cool. Like adults can read them too. They're fun. They're educational and they're not, I feel like they don't, um, cause I have some of the books I've read them. I feel like they don't, um, patronize kids in the point or through an agenda. They're, they, they make it fun and, you know, entertaining to them, uh, as well as educational. So it's, it's like, I feel like, you know, when you're reaching out to them, it's probably very effective. With getting yeah, these well, kids that's the, to that's the key, you know, kids can smell it when you're patronizing them. Oh yeah, or yeah. You're trying to preach. Oh yeah. They will just turn it off because they have so many other exciting things to do with their time. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're like getting in their way by trying to manipulate them, and they can smell it a mile away. Exactly. And they're like, "No, I think I'm just going to go right. play my game right now. Right. Catch you later." Yeah. What do you? I'm not buying you what you're go- selling. When you go on these traveling, uh, when you go on these like events around the country, um, do you ever go somewhere that you don't have to mention any names, but anywhere that's like not that exciting? I mean, I'm sure the experience with the kids is, but are you ever in a place where you're like, oh, what am I doing here? I got to get back to Santa Barbara, or wherever wherever you are. Do you get a lot of those? Definitely, that's that's happened a few times where when I finish the visit, I'm looking around and going, okay, there's really not a lot I can do in this town. Maybe they have a bar. I could do right. that. It's always uh, a saving grace. Down. Yeah, pony up. Watch the corn die or something like that, but no. Right, sure. uh, That's okay. I'm there for the kids. I'm not there as a tourist. Bruce, what about this? Detective Chet the Gecko is on vacation in Hawaii, and he hears about this other gecko who lost his magic surfboard named Moki, (laughs) and he hires Chet the detective to find his magic surfboard. Ooh. I like it. Crossovers. Yeah. I've... When, when kids know all Pretty my good. different series, I always tell them, oh, yeah, Chet and Moki, yeah, they're second cousins. Ah. <laughs> oh, see? See, they want the Captain America, Iron Man. They want the crossover. They want the team-ups. They want the yeah. team-ups. I, had a, I, have a, I have a buddy on the East Coast uh, who's a teacher, and I, I just mentioned, he, you know, he saw that you were coming on the show, and he just opened up. He's like, oh, you know, all of my students, they love Clark the Shark. They love Chet Gecko. Like, that's so amazing that, you know, he I'm does get that. my said, daughter yeah. some. He, um, he, uh, yeah, I said, Bruce does, you know, if you go to his website, he does these, like, you know, these tours around the country and, and, you know, stops. And I think you do like on Skype and stuff. If people can't, if a school can't afford to have you, do you get a lot of those? 
I get a fair amount. Yeah, we do Skype author visits, which are great because I can sit there wearing my uh, wild-colored boxer shorts, and they'll never know. They'll never know. Long as I look professional from the waist up, I'm good. Bruce, are we getting billed for this appearance too? I, I didn't actually discuss that with you. I, I just oh, got an yeah, yeah. uh, invoice for ten in grand. Account. Yeah, it's there. Yeah, it says ten grand. Or you're gonna get bit. I don't. It's waiting for you in Venmo. Um, That's right. I got to bring this up. You're in a band, Bruce, uh, Mezcal Martini. Uh-huh. And this is a Latin jazz band. That's right. And what, uh, are you the singer? Are you in, what instrument are you play? What do you, what do you do? What is your, your role? I am. I'm the lead singer and I play hand percussion like maracas and guiro. Oh, and nice. The funny thing is, is when I started singing with this band, I did not sing in Spanish at all. We basically did jazz songs to a Latin beat. And then slowly over the years, we added more and more songs in Spanish. And nobody threw tomatoes at me when I was singing uh, Spanish. So I'm like, okay. Tomatoes. I was going to say, hail doesn't sound because very they, Latin. As long as you know the difference between mezcal and tequila, I guess. Hey, you know what? This one goes all right. Oh, I don't know the difference. Yeah. We'll have to do the taste test then. The taste test, yeah. We'll do it nine yeah. times. Yeah, give me another one. I can't what is the that. difference? Yeah, is, well, for one thing, everybody thinks a worm goes to the bottom of a tequila bottle, but in reality, that's mezcal. That's right. Oh. Interesting. And yeah. tequila generally tastes a little more smooth unless your mezcal has been aged for a while. Oh. These are the important things you learn when singing in a salsa band. That's yes, of cool. course. Yeah, yeah, the food's great. When, you, when, you, when you're singing these, uh, is this something you do like locally? Do you guys travel? Yeah. like? We pretty much do it around the central coast of California. Um, it's actually a really fun thing for me because otherwise I'm sitting at my computer or I'm, you know, I'm writing or I'm drawing and I'm doing things where I don't interact with people. So this is a great way for me to get out and you know, yeah. have some fun, shake my bonbon. You know, do yeah, that. tear it up. Yep. Um, we wanted to ask you, what is your position on the um, nuclear disembarkment in North Korea? Uh, no. Um, <laughs> uh, no, you mentioned earlier uh, there's more. Clark, there's more. Clark, you are. I, I've seen. I've seen your tweets. I know you. I know you're. Uh, yeah. I know you're good. Um, yeah. But you did mention more Clark. The Shark books are coming. Um, yes. Is there anything you can you can mention about that? Is is there like yeah, a any process? spoilers? Any spoilers? Yeah, well, I'll give you. I'll give you uh, one preview here. The okay. next Clark the Shark book, which I've already finished writing, which the illustrator Guy Francis is working on is uh, Clark the Shark gets a pet. Oh. He gets a uh, dogfish who's even more undisciplined than he is. Uh, oh, oh, we are. Interesting. That's cool. That's yeah. pretty cool. Thank we'll make you. him yeah. the teacher. Exactly. Because Clark go. the Shark doesn't have a bad heart. He just kind of ends up in the wrong yeah. place for yeah. a long time. Exactly. And, you know, growing up, I knew lots of kids like Clark who were had a good uh, heart, but were just character. I'm What's sorry, that? Bruce. Now go ahead. No, I just said I knew lots of kids like Clark the Shark who were out of control but very good-hearted. Oh, yeah, that was I me. feel like the three of us can relate. Yeah, that was that was all of us. <laughs> ADHD, just this good heart. Never but, doing know, anything really bad. Just wouldn't shut up when we were supposed to be quiet. Right. Exactly. Never actually the breaking the law. I've listened to some of your podcasts. I, I'm I know that you guys could relate. at all these character series, though. What's that? <laughs> so, the Snoring Beauty, Big Bad Detective, 
I'm also looking at this one looks good. Big Bad Baby. Of all these character series, would you say Clark the Shark is the biggest sell? The biggest. Right. I don't want to say the biggest seller. Most. What's your flagpole? Flagship. I, yeah. Yeah. Flagpole. I like that. Yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah. I would say probably Clark the Shark and Chet Gecko Private Eye are my two yes. uh, top selling ones. Yes. I like Chet. I like the Gecko. I like yeah. the detective. Bruce, when you Tracy. go. I'm looking at the. The big bad detective agency it's a wolf and a pig is there any legal battles that ensues from that with the check get go no uh, bruce when you go luckily to luckily they're uh, in different universes otherwise chet would probably take them apart yeah chet, chet would tear it up i i, I we're, i'm different not all, an author myself we're not authors here but i can imagine when you go around the country in different spots in the world seeing your work in all corners is probably pretty amazing. Like I was in Hawaii for my uh, wedding last September and we were in the island of Kauai. We went to this really small bookstore. It was like one of the first ones in the island. Um, and the two things that stood out in my mind there were uh, The Legend of Zelda, a, a gamer's guide to the video game, and then the Clark the Shark books. Um, do you, when you go to like other cities, do you hunt out like bookstores and see if they're carrying your work? Oh, yeah. And if not, do you threaten them with, with lawsuits and litigation, or how does that work? Usually no. what I'll do is just introduce myself, and they'll go, oh, oh, you wrote those books. Oh, let me see if we have them. And if they don't, they'll be super embarrassed, <sighs> which means they will go ahead and order the books. Nice. <laughs> have you ever done that and then revealed that you're the author? or? Yes, I have. Oh, I would have felt like shit if I worked at some store, and I'm like, <laughs> nah, we don't got it. And they're like, well, why not? <laughs> what? Yeah. You start yeah, knocking is, things off. Is uh, Clark the Shark in the Library of Congress? I believe so. Actually, I think everything I've written is in the Library of Congress. That's awesome. Pretty amazing. Yeah. Pretty cool. I don't know uh, if they read in Congress, but it's in the Library of Congress. <laughs> Do you ever see any of the knockoffs of Clark the Shark? Like, you know you've made it when you see, like, the ripoffs. Because they're out there. You see, like, oh, yeah. not enough there to get some. sued books like yeah you know stammer the hammerhead or something and it's not really clark the shark and the illustrations aren't as good and the story's kind of weak but you know people yeah. are trying to like little remoras it's a little shark reference there That's trying right. to I got you know that. um it does i know happen. i know we have a few minutes but i wanted to to bring up something every photograph i've seen of you online and the three of us have spent hours and hours uh, looking sure. you up before we had the courage to even ask you to come on the show, uh, but you you're, you're always wearing a hat. Is that your that's like your staple, right? Is that like your thing? It kind of is. You know, I started out. I've, I've loved hats since I was a kid, and I started going to that SCBWI conference, and I was wearing a hat like the first couple times I went, and then the third time I went, I didn't wear a hat, and everybody's like, "Where's your hat?" Where's your hat? Ah, Who are you? You don't recognize me. Yeah. It's like Michael Moore without a hat. Nobody would. Yeah. It's just not exactly. right. Exactly. Yeah, it's just you not put right. That... So that that was when I realized, okay, it's become my thing, and I can either try to fight it or I can just go with it. Embrace. So because I love hats, I went with it. Hey, I like that shark there. Oh, you can see us. I was testing if we had a video, and you can. So, okay, sweet. Um so, so next for you is you're doing more Clark the Shark books. Are you expanding the library of some of the other um, characters that you have, or is that like, or is that like your main kind of focus right now? No, I actually bounce back and forth. I do uh, picture books like Clark the Shark, 
In fact, I just finished one about, how do I describe it? The science of Santa Claus. Like, how is it possible that Santa does oh. all this stuff? How fast does he have to travel oh, that's to awesome. make it to all these homes? Mm. How many calories does he eat if he gets milk and cookies at every house? You know, all this sort of stuff. That's so, brilliant. That's like yeah, Neil Tyson fun. tried to break down the Avengers movie science. Like he tried to explain yes. it through science. It was fascinating. Yeah, it's great. And even if you realize it's completely impossible, it's fun to explore. Right. What do you mean impossible, Bruce? What are you talking about? I don't well, understand. Of course Santa Claus is real, but you know. Thank you. How does he do that? It must be magic. You know what's cool though too? And if you're like a, a child or an adult or whatever and, and somebody brings up you know, how can Santa Claus do that? You can be like, now you can say, well, let me tell you. And then you yeah. can have this book. Before it was like, well, he just oh, does. Shut yeah, up. Yeah, right. You know, and that was always where you hit a wall. Yeah. yeah. Or so when you hit it, when you hit somebody else. Yeah. It's crazy. So, yeah, so I'm doing, I'm doing lots of different stuff. I'm also doing novels for older readers, uh, right, for middle school kids and tweens. Uh, so I, I kind of do the whole range. It just depends on what ideas I've got and what's exciting to me at the moment. Do you speak at schools of, of you know between junior high and creative writing courses, things of that nature? I do sometimes. Um, mostly I go to elementary schools because that's the my primary audience is K through six. But I have spoken at middle schools and occasionally mm -hmm. in high schools as well. And what advice would you give to an up and coming writer who was maybe I don't know. 17 or 18 wanted to be a literature major something like that and uh, follow your path what would you say well i would say there's three really important things to do and the first two are completely obvious read 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 and write 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 because uh -huh. becoming a writer it's it's a storyteller is really what you are and the only way you become good at it is by observing other good storytellers and developing your voice. That's so true. I always realize that I write good faster when I'm currently like reading a book. Yes. It's like I take you know what Stephen King, I like take his like flow and like push it into my own. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good you advice. Get inspired yeah. by other books. And then the other thing I'd say to do is to just be persistent because uh -huh. I think Everybody's got a little talent stuck to them somewhere. It's as common as house dust. But the key is you have to not give up. It took me eight and a half years to get published. Really? And that was going to be my next question. Yeah, I collected so many rejection letters, I became a connoisseur of rejection letters. <laughs> it, it got to the point where you knew, like, you could just read the first sentence and know exactly what the rest is going to say. I knew what it was, yeah. But mm -hmm. as you were collecting all this, re these rejection letters, were you continuing to put out more stories? Right, were you, like, pushing the always. one same thing, or were you, like, constantly adding to it? No, I was always writing new stories. Right. So that's that's kind of a rule of thumb if you're writing. You you send a story out, and then the first thing you do is start the next one. Okay. Do you ever uh, hit a writer's block? I mean, I know like you should write every day and always write something, but do you ever get to the point where you hit a wall for a little bit, or are you just constantly, is it just a constant <laughs> outpouring? I, I have to say it's a very quaint thought to believe in writer's block when you're a working writer. Because right. that's the kind of thing that, that people who have lots of time on their hands and, and money and freedom can afford to do. Yeah, not if me. You're working, if you're a working writer, 
you just sit down and you show up whether the muse is there or not. And even if you're writing total dreck, uh, you can dreck. always revise it and make it better. Uh-huh. Can you do it? Huh. So you just show up and do the work. It's just like a job, you know. It's like the dentist doesn't go, you know, I'm feeling dentist's block. I can't, right. I can't face another tooth today. Well, mine does. Right. My insurance is pretty bad. He's like, yeah, I got a ball oh. game to go to. And I'm like, uh, you left a needle in my face, and it, it's it's bad. <laughs> um, but you're, but you're a great writer, block. though. You're a great writer, and, and, and I don't know Thank if you, you know how good you are. Um, but you, you probably hear that all the time. And uh, you're a young guy. So you probably got like another 500 books out of you, right? Let's hope so. Keep the yeah, machine I'm just, going. I'm just going to keep on writing until I croak. Keep doing it. Yeah, um, that's the plan. I know that's all the time we have. Do you guys have anything else for Mr. Hale tonight? I just wanted to say, you know, when you start to write something brand new and, you know, a publisher hasn't kind of like given you a, a base to jump off, <clears throat> which I know is rare, uh, what do you kind of like? What do you develop first? Is it like the character? Like primarily, you're like, I got this character in my head, and I want to see what they're up to. Well, for me, it can start in one of three places. Character is one of them. Right. So if I have a great character and I just want to pursue that and learn more about that character and see what develops, mm-hmm. uh, the second thing that sometimes comes to me is I have a concept, like the book I'm writing right now oh. is sort of a Freaky Friday meets a dog's purpose. So it's a dog nice. and a boy oh. switching souls so they're in different bodies and then they have to get back. That's awesome. So that's like a concept one. Right. And then the third one I have is sometimes I'll just come up with a great title and I'll say, this is a great title for a book. I have to figure out what it's about. Wow. So Snoring, Snoring Beauty is an example of that. <laughs> What is snoring beauty? <laughs> snoring beauty. What is snoring beauty, yeah. though? I mean, does it take on Sleeping snoring? Beauty? Exactly. It's, it's like a the fractured story? fairy tale take on uh, Sleeping Beauty. Just, oh, she's brilliant. Uh, she falls asleep, but she turns into a dragon, and she Ooh. snores loud enough to wake the whole town. I love it. Do you liken yeah. yourself to like a modern, modern-day Theodore Geisel in the sense that with the rejection for so many years and then it happened and now it's like there's all kinds of characters and spin-offs and branches on this tree that you've cultivated um, with all these all these like different book series well I, I certainly aspire to uh, to be another Dr. Seuss I mean that would be lovely I don't flatter myself huh. that I'm there already but I you know I think I'm building up a body of work if you do something creative that's what you do you just keep on doing it yeah like you know some of our favorite actors they may do a couple of junk movies they may have to do a TV show that's not up to their usual standards but they always try to turn in good work and they yeah. you know eventually work their way back to where they want to be if if they're lucky if they're good yeah Bruce you're, you you do I'm some doing. acting too don't you yeah I used to I used to do quite a bit when I lived in Hawaii Oh, nice. Ooh. Bruce, um, so, okay, you finally get, um, like, an approval or a publish, like a publisher buys, a, is it just one story? And then do you kind of, like, say, hey, well, I got this, like, library of other stuff. <laughs> Sometimes it does. Like, uh, for example, oh, That would book, be amazing. The book yeah. that I, novel I mentioned I'm working on now, uh, they want to sign me to a two-book deal. Oh. I'm negotiating with the publisher and they want to buy this book, but they also want another one. 
And so I've got lots of ideas, but they're just saying a book to be named later. Wow. Yeah. I have a great idea then. We can name it right now. What do you think of this character, Vinny the Guinea Hen? Oh, oh the Guinea Hen. The Guinea Hen. Real thing. I like it. Bruce, oh are you familiar with Guinea Hens? Not not personally, no. Well, we've 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 discussed them. They're little birds that kill mosquitoes. Mosquitoes, and ticks, yeah. And, uh, oh, we've like talked them. about them on the show, and Michael recently bought some. Unfortunately, they didn't they didn't they last escaped. very long. They escaped uh, life, but um, they, life. they escaped to the other side. Yes, but uh, they're adorable, <laughs> adorable little creatures. Vinny um, the Guinea Hen. Anyway, I like it. It's Bruce, I, I know we've taken up a lot of your time. I just want to thank you so much for being on the show, yeah, man. Um, please come back anytime. Uh, is there anything you'd like to, to plug or anything before you go? Um, no, we've talked you have so about much all the fun on. stuff. I mean, you know, it's, I'm glad to be here with you celebrating Shark Week. You know, that's mm-hmm. uh, for me, that's always a time to shine the light on Clark the Shark. Um, yeah. But it's, just, it's always a pleasure chatting with people who love good stories, and whether it's in the movies or TV or books or whatever. So uh, I really want to thank you guys for having me on. Yeah, no, thank you, and you know, love, love to have you back. Talk about this stuff, and he's Bruce Hale. Follow him on Twitter at StoryGuy1, and uh, is the Society for Children's uh, Book Writers and the Illustrator event is that open to the public to still buy tickets? I saw there were tickets online. Yeah, but, yeah, I think you can still buy tickets online, and it's yeah. in uh, L.A. at the uh, Marriott Live Hotel downtown. It's at the J Dub Marriott, uh, August 9th through 12th. Go to S C B W I. And everyone troll at Story Guy and let them and give Story it up guy and, and get Bruce. No, yeah, and <laughs> troll the guy who has at Story Guy because you know Bruce had to add the one on there. Yeah, oh, yeah. Get him to give up the name. Yeah, who is the Story go. Guy? We're gonna track him down. He's like a kid. He's like a ten-year-old. He's getting harassed. <laughs> he probably is. Um, it's a Russian bot. Bruce, uh, it's been a pleasure. I hope you come back. And uh, again, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you. I'd be pleased to. It's been great talking with you guys. You too, Bruce. Have a good Thanks, shark Bruce. week, my friend.